Hello, my name is Daniel, creator of Zero Waste Daniel, a line of gender-free clothing and accessories all made from upcycled scrap fabrics here in New York City. Hi, I'm Chris DeRosa. I'm a television producer who is responsible for making some of your favorite reality shows. I'd tell you which ones, but I'm not sure if I'm legally allowed. I'm super into sustainability. And I'm trying to be less of a garbage person. We're going to answer your questions, some about creating less waste, and some about taking out the trash in your life, human or otherwise. Then we'll review some products, trends, and services that claim to be saving the planet. Will we give them our stamp of approval? Or will we ultimately come to the conclusion that this is not sustainable? All right, Daniel, it's our first episode. I'm so excited. I can't wait to do this with you. Hi, Chris. We're already doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm really excited to do this because I am a person who wants to be more sustainable, does not know how to do it, feels that like there's this whole community of people that I'm not a part of that I think feel like no matter what I do, I'm probably not doing it right. I'm probably not, you know, there's something I'm missing or even if I try to do something that's actually not working or I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And I, that's very frustrating. And I feel like there's many, many, many people that feel the same way as me. And so I'm excited because I'm going to be the layman. You're going to be the expert. That's what we're going to do. You know, too many people are saying I should this and I should that. And not enough people are taking the time to just slow down, look at what their lives look like today and start taking baby steps towards making change. So let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's try and keep it really easy, really palatable, nothing scary, no major life shakeups and just start picking apart little habits one at a time. Well, and that's something that I feel like you say a lot is like you need to like not change your whole life for this. That's not the point of it. The point of it is look at what you have right now. Here's exactly where you are. Deal with that now. I mean, if you were going to do zero waste perfectly, you get to keep everything in your house. Yeah. So you don't have to change much. Yeah. Like the point of it is not to be like, I have these like, like one use single use thing. So I'm going to get rid of all of them. That actually like makes it worse. That's actually the opposite of what you should be doing. Right. And it's not like you need to spend a lot of money on things or you need to go out and buy all these brand new things. You just need to like not, you need to look at the waste that you're creating and see how you can do less of that. Exactly. So anyone thinking about starting a sustainability journey, first of all, hello. I like to meet you where you are. So no pressure to be better at it or know about it or anything like that. We just want to know where you are today. And if that means you're interested, but you've never even dipped a toe in the water, that's totally fine. The reality of sustainability is that it means, at its core, being able to maintain doing something at a certain rate or level. And currently, the way we produce and consume products is unsustainable. We can't keep doing this at this rate and level forever. So we all are going to have to make little adjustments to the way we live our lives in order to ensure a more sustainable future. That's not going to happen overnight. So we can go as slow as we need to. And it's you also said little adjustments. It's not like, again, you're not upheaving your entire life to do this. And that's actually, I always, I always think when someone tries to like, with anything, go like full into it, it never works. Yeah, I would say we're not trying to get you to stop drinking coffee. We're just trying to get you to use a mug. Yeah. You know, 
enough to go, let's slow down and stay. Yeah, or no, yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, huh? For a second. <laughs> no, no. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what about? the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, but like truly like having the, and even when you're on the go, being like, I'm bringing the things that I need with me rather than like being the person that's, oh, I'm on the street corner and I need this and I need to get the, and oh, I don't have the, you know, being prepared yes. for the day versus like have you, always playing catch up. Have you heard that phrase, the war on waste? No, but uh, there was a series that um, I think aired in Australia called The War on Waste. And if you're going to think about it like a war against waste, which I hate war, but whatever, um, you need to be prepared yeah. to go to battle. Right. So it's just about knowing the things that you need to bring with you every day in order to avoid the disposable culture that is so pervasive in our lives. And I think that's something that's very upfront we want to talk about a lot but i think the other thing that we want to we want to really explore especially with our guests is what are the things that you're already doing that you don't even realize are extremely sustainable okay my husband says this all the time like sustainability just has really bad marketing because some things are vegan and you don't even have to market them as vegan like no one calls it vegan lettuce it's just lettuce yeah you know like so what are you doing that is already vegan or sustainable or whatever it's just not being marketed well. And I think the other part of this is not to be like, you have to give up this, 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 and this. It's just about like the way that you go about things could be better. Right. Well, we're talking about consumption like, habits, not yeah. like you have to stop consuming things. It's like, why are you consuming so much of it? Could you be getting a better option? Could you be consuming less of it? You know? And I think as well, like, I feel like we've had multiple conversations about this, but like, why are we buying the $10 shitty version of something when you could buy the $50 really nice version of that thing, which is always the way I like to do things. And like you have that one $50 version for 10 times the time that you would have like five of the $10 versions. And this is something that really I think is highlighted by this whole sustainability movement is that people bring up that idea of spending more on something more high quality and then having it for longer, but that's exclusionary, right? Not everybody can afford to do that. Correct. So how do you make sustainability accessible for where you are right now? You know, maybe you have a lifestyle that doesn't allow you to blank. How do you incorporate sustainability into that? If you don't have the $50 or you don't have the time to do your own dishes or whatever it is, because Listen, we live in New York City. We're living this fast-paced lifestyle. It's not easy. No one's making it super easy to be sustainable all the time. I also don't have a backyard to like grow my own vegetables or That's have right. a compost pile or like have like extra storage or you know what I mean? It, right. it is it is hard. And then even if you are perfectly committed, everyone has a husband or a mother or a girlfriend or a roommate who's bringing trash into their house all the time. So yeah. what do you do? And I think also we... I say that a lot. And I think I need to not do that. And I think let's make, what do you mean you need to not do that? I think you should do it more and we should put it on a t-shirt saying, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I'm cutting this all out. And I think anyway, Chris DeRosa, um, what was I going to say? There also seems to be this badge of honor that people like to put on themselves. That is like, I'm a sustainable person or I'm this, so I'm better than you or I'm this. And like, that's not at all what we, we don't subscribe to that. Um, we don't want to, you're not, I'm not, no one's better than anyone I know else. a lot of really shitty sustainability people. So <laughs> I'm just saying being sustainable doesn't make you a, a better good, a person. person. <laughs> no. 
And I think that's another thing is like, we don't need, we're not asking to get applauded for this. It's like, we just want to have the conversation. They're not, we're not coming here as like, we know everything and you should do everything like this. We're just trying to make the, have, start conversations. Well, and start conversations with people who live lives that are different than ours, because I know how to deal with some things in my life, but I don't know how to deal with babies or, you know, getting older or feminine products or like all these different aspects of sustainability that touch people's lives that just don't affect me. So, you know, at this point, I mean, I will get older eventually, but right now it's not affecting me. So there are aspects of everybody's lives and we need to check in with people and see what are they throwing out a lot of? What are they aware of that we have no idea about that we could be using or utilizing. And I think that in the sustainability movement, what there isn't a lot of is sharing. And we're just here to like share information, get ideas, commiserate with each other. And at some point, hopefully you can get something out of it that you can take and use. And that's really what. And something as easy as, Hey, I have a pair of jeans and there's a hole in them now, which is like my, as I've told you with like my biggest problem, like I want to be able to fix that hole rather than have to throw this pair of jeans away because there's a little hole in like the crotch. Of course. Like everyone has a problem. I know we all get the chub rub. Like it's, that's not like a big deal. You know what I mean? That's not, and that's not political. That's not anything. That's literally like I bought a piece of clothing and it's a hole in it. And I want to keep that piece of clothing because I like it. Exactly. And that's something that whether you're buying super expensive jeans or super inexpensive jeans, it doesn't matter the quality of them. I think there's this conversation that like the quality is so much better. Sometimes stuff from cheap stores is made out of plastic and it will last forever. Yeah. So, you know, how do we care for things differently is really the conversation. Yeah. I'm really excited to do this. Um, I, I think also, no matter what, we're going to answer some questions that have really nothing to do with sustainability at all. And we're going to answer some advice questions. We're going to talk to people. We're going to get into I mean, the I hear you saying that, but I like to remind people that being zero waste means not wasting my time, not wasting my energy, not wasting any of my precious resources and not wasting my hot air talking about shit I don't care about. So I think that bringing sustainability into the mental part of your life, not just. Well, and isn't that all these like productivity like thing? Like there's totally. that whole like productivity world. Totally. And like you should be efficient and all that. And that in theory is like sustainability as well, correct? Unless you're running yourself ragged yeah. and trying to be so efficient. Like you're not a robot, you're a human. Yeah. So I think really getting into the mindset that no one is perfect, there is no real answer. And just remember when you're feeling stressed out about sustainability that humans have lived perfectly sustainable on this planet for millennia we are the first group of people to be fucking it up so all the answers are in the textbooks we'll be just fine and above all else i want to he he i want to ha ha i want to have a good time that's all this is supposed to be i want to have funny times with you i want to have laughs and i want it to be entertaining yeah because there's too much doom and gloom in the world and also no one wants like us to just preach at them for a million years. No, I mostly want to talk to some fascinating people and see what they like to reuse. Well, our first guess is just that. I mean, that talk you've about been a fascinating person. You've been waiting for this moment. This is to me this is a big moment in my life. It's a big one. Yeah, we're I'm I feel like I'm crossing a threshold into a house <laughs> of a housewife. You are. 
I mean, and that house is Bluestone Manor. Oh my God. It's surreal that we're going to be talking with the one and only Dorinda Medley. I mean, how does this make you feel? Do you think she'll be in the Berkshires? Isn't she always in the Berkshires? I mean, no. I mean, she is a woman about You town. never know. You, you never know. You never know. I've heard of sightings all over Manhattan. Yeah. So um, very excited. And also to be talking to someone whose life and and image is all about hospitality and entertaining entertaining and things that can be very wasteful yes so but I very not yeah could also be very not wasteful if you do it right can't wait to get some hot takes from the queen of make it nice i'm so excited to be starting this journey with you and i hate whenever people say anything journey when you said sustainability journey earlier i didn't like it but i let it go i can't wait to be starting this journey with you you're upset <laughs> I'm not upset. <laughs> I'm just listening. Um, but I can't wait for it. And I'm so excited. And let's welcome our first guest. All right. All right, everyone. We have the lady of Blue Stam Manor herself. Um, you might know her from her new book, Make It Nice. It's the one and only Dorinda Medley. Dorinda Medley in the house. Can you imagine Dorinda Medley in the house in her bed where Chris DeRosa always sees me? I, I do everything in my bed except have sex at this point. Everything, literally everything. Listen, the, the, the calls that have been rolled from this bed, the, the scenes that have been planned from this bed, the, the ships that have been launched from this bed, truly, like truly, truly, truly. The tears. Yes. The tears, the laughter, everything in between, everything but sex, honestly, has been in this yeah, bed. Everything except sex. <laughs> Can anybody help me over there on that one? I don't I don't know. <laughs> From a couple of gay guys, not today. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I think it'd do you well to as such a fan to swing me around the room for one night. Just kind yeah, of just give her a little listen, just give her a little uh, listen, I have a hall pass. I might be willing to use it. Someone else. <laughs> we'll find you. By yeah. the time I liquor you up and I lower the lights, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get this oh, thing dear going. God. All right. So the first thing that we ask um, everyone is where are you in terms of sustainability? Well, the, the interesting thing is, you know, I come from an era with those words like organic and sustainability and all these fancy labels weren't really something that we had to think about. We just kind of did. And a lot of that came from how I was raised by Diane Sincala and B because I was poor. Right. Yeah. So when you made decisions about things, you had to be very careful. And you got to remember my mother was a person that was probably and still is the most resourceful woman on earth. So everything in our house was like, if my mother made a turkey on a Sunday, it took on 19 different forms until it was some sort of soup by the following Friday. Okay. So my mother canned my mother. We never ate out of canned foods. My mother, we ate fresh every day. And in my mother was very big on, you know, buying clothes that lasted. I never had a lot of clothes, but I always had beautiful things. And and you would grow into them and then you would keep them for a very long time. And I still do that to this day in my wardrobe, as Chris knows. I mean, I just had a, a, a great team. They come sort of once every three months to my house. They're called the Neat Method. And literally they go through my wardrobe and they pull out all kinds of pieces that I've collected over the years and had a love affair with and I'll put them upstairs and let them either here or in the attic and I'll just let them sit until you know the world changes I change fashion changes as it does then I'll bring them back into my wardrobe and 
lift them up with something, you know, fresh or wear them in a, or a different way or belt them or shorten them or whatever. And it's amazing how many of my pieces, as you know, Chris, for me being on the show, I'll say to you, oh, my God, I bought this in London. Yeah. Or she'll be like, oh, I, this is like a Poochie shirt that like I bought before you were even alive. You know what I mean? Like you'd be right. like, I got this like when, you know, Hannah was five years I old took, when I bought this. And I you, took a bunch of um, beautiful old, you know, Valentino's, um, Valentino's so beautiful right now. And I had so many beautiful, long, straight Valentino skirts that I'm just not going to wear. And I had them all tailored and cut to like a shorter length. And I'm going to wear them this season again with a, a couple new of these Gucci blazers going to be totally great you know i just believe in that right and like people don't normally think of that as upcycling but that's actually what that is yeah yes well that's why i always say to hannah don't buy you know i've to be honest with you i've never been a huge fan of the h&m and all that kind of stuff not because of the price thing just because i've read a lot about where they put the clothes and mm-hmm. how they end up. And it really bothered me. I mean, I read a, an article about how these there's landfills in these poor countries that just they people are living in. Yeah. Yeah. With top shop clothing and stuff. And how much stuff do you need? Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of stuff only because I could pull pieces. I can pull courage pieces. I wore when I was pregnant with Hannah, that Hannah will probably wear when she's pregnant. I remember this was like what probably a year ago now. You were she, you guys were going through her closet and and she was doing like a fashion show of like your old dresses and it was like stuff that you're like I don't why would I ever wear it? like and it's also like you were like I wore this when I was 25 like that's not appropriate for me yes. to wear it today and you gave her a bunch of clothes but it's like true that, I do that you bought nice stuff and you took care of it and that actually helped you. I do take care of it and I'm going to tell you something that's interesting about Hannah's closet. Hannah dresses beautifully and most of it's my stuff. Yeah. But she now, she loves that. Hannah doesn't even, it's really interesting about Hannah. Hannah's a real fashionista mm-hmm. and a very curated fashionista. Like she has a really great eye, but she doesn't like to shop a lot. She loves like, and that's why when I do buy her stuff, I, if she wants something, I buy it for her. Cause she'll be like, I love this piece and I'll get it for her. And she will wear it to death. She was wearing the other day an Alexander McQueen. When Alexander McQueen was designing in London, I bought it at Harvey Nichols. He just opened up. He first showed at Joseph's on Walton Street and I actually have one of the first dresses he ever produced. He literally made it Wait, for really? me. Wait, really? Wow. I have it's a literally, you'll probably remember if you studied him, he, his first collection was a, the black and white tartan, great, the traditional tartan, and he did all these strapless dresses. And he came to Joseph, he'd take your figure, he'd take your measurements. It's only about 50 of us. Joseph was so excited about him and the dress, and you'd wear the dress. And now Hannah owns that dress because I obviously don't fit into it anymore. But she had on the other day, and he decided, I think probably two years into his, uh, creating to do a knitwear line. And he was one of the first people to do the huge sweater dress. Yeah. It was just yeah. a huge sweater that you would just wear with opaque tights and like Stuart Weissman boots. This was the look she was wearing it. And I said, you know, that sweater is still great looking. She goes, yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorite pieces. She's like, it's huge to store and stuff, but she said, I'll have this piece forever. Yeah. It's never going to so go I out of style. Mind. And that's sustainability. I, I don't mind that, you know, 15 years ago, I spent 1,200 pounds on that yeah, Harvey Nichols. Right. It, it's, you know what I mean? It's actually cheap now at the price because here we are 15 years later and she's still wearing it and is taking care of it. Right. And it's appreciated in value. Yeah. And now if you went to go sell that, you could sell for like triple that probably. Do you think so? Because oh, yeah. it's old designer stuff. Do you know, yes. I'll tell you a funny story about my Alexander McQueen dress. Uh, 
I was talking to, uh, when I was in Las Vegas, I had on an Alexander McQueen dress when I was seeing uh, Lady Gaga when she was playing with, um, to- um, what's Tony Bennett? And we were in backstage, so I talked to her and I had, she goes, I love Alexander McQueen. I collect all the original stuff. I said, well, I have one of his first pieces. She was like, give it to me. That's what she said. I was like, I'm not giving it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll it and give you credit. I was like, I don't want credit. I want the dress. Yeah. Wait, that's so funny. I don't think you need that's the credit. that's so funny and going back to what you were saying like but yeah for sure there's definitely been things where like i'm like all right what do you want to wear today when we're filming at the the, in the berkshires and you're like pulling out old clothes that you're like i had i bought this in 2000 you know what i mean like i I bought this in it's so funny because i'm wearing a bunch of uh i'm a big collector of norma kamali i have a huge norma kamali collection like some of my favorite people the collectors have been norma kamali Pucci, obviously. Yeah. I've always loved a very good, you know, Chanel jacket. Just doesn't have to be a wacky one, but just a good structure Chanel jacket. I think you can never go wrong. You know, every day, I don't think there's a trip I've ever taken that I just don't take one little Chanel jacket because it covers every situation. Yeah. You can wear it on the plane. You can wear it, you know, if you're wearing something, you can throw it over your shoulder on the beach. They're just, and they last forever. You're never going to, and you know what's very interesting about Chanel? I was saying this to my friend Heather Curse the other day. No one ever comments on, oh, that's an old Chanel. Like it's said with reverence, that's an old Chanel. You know, uh, yeah. you will never hear someone say about a Chanel jacket, well, that's so last year. Yeah. Or that's so, you yeah. know, it's like it only gets better. Right. It's time. So if you are lucky enough to throw out, throw, you know, drag out. Like, I'll find you. I'll show you a Chanel I found that it's so old and I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm going to wear it. Like, look at this. This will never go out of style. Yeah. And you can wear it with so many things. Right. So I'm going to wear that for fall, for, for that. this fall. Take it back to New York and wear it. Ripped jeans, a white T-shirt. Over yeah. a dress. It's, it's just like you're saying, like lunch, dinner, it's, out. you're like, I have this one thing and I'm going to, it's so versatile and I use it all the time and I spend a lot of money on it, but I, I have the one, not like I have a jacket for night and then I have a jacket for day and then I have a jacket and for I'm lunch not, and then I have a jacket for this. Knows this. I'm not a costume dresser. I'm not a super, I'm not, I don't worry about being super current. I like to wear my clothes. I don't like them to wear me. I don't care if I wear stuff 10 times. I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone. I wear it because it's an extension of my personality. I think that's yeah. great and advice for I anyone. Sometimes I get it right and people love it. And sometimes like with the Ashish stuff, people hate it, but I love it. I don't care that. I want people to have an opinion about how I dress. Well, you have very signature style. So if you're not saying something with your look, then no one's going to say anything about it. Yeah, well, I that's good. I like that. When I, no, I like that. I think <laughs> I like the way you dress. I think another thing that you were saying earlier about your mom, you said like if she had a turkey, uh, you know, it was like every single like piece of the quote unquote piece of the buffalo was used. Right. And you even do that. Like how many times like after a big dinner, you know, we have a big dinner scene in the next morning. Like I just turn over and like Len has chicken carcasses like boiling away at making stock. You know what I mean? Like she and really does paper, use... I- it's 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 amazing. I, I think I always thought it'd be fun to do a show calling "Eat Out of Your Kitchen" because I believe anybody can make a meal out of any kitchen. Yeah, it should be a contest. Yeah. So you go and you walk into someone else's kitchen. You never do a shop, but you have to make a meal out of it. I'm very good at that. I take every time I do a Sunday roast or a Sunday dinner, I take all the bones and put them in a mm-hmm. a, a Ziploc bag in the freezer, and then sort of once every three months, I I literally, as they're frozen, I hammer them and I 
my mother always did this and I baked them for like two hours and I put them in a pot and make this dark broth, which now is basically bone broth. I think one, one person that I love watching on TV, she's so good. And I think a lot of my style comes from it, especially in the house of Brewster Manor is a woman named Mary Berry. Do you know Mary Berry? Mm-hmm. The great Mary Berry. I love her. And we've I love talked, her. We've talked about her before. Yes. And you know, when I moved back from, from London after 10 years, I just couldn't, I couldn't get my head around the way people, like you go to someone's big house and you just don't feel like it runs. You don't feel like it's alive. You feel like it's very beautiful and very precious, but they don't have a love affair with the house. And what I love about going to country houses in England or and watching Mary Berry go to these houses, everybody's involved in the house, including if it's a lady of the manor, she's collecting eggs in the morning. She's making the tea cake for tea. She's got an apron on, like she's engaged with her house. Yeah. And I think people feel that when you're engaged with it. And I love the way they run the farms. They they it's called, you know, uh, birth to death, where you honor the birth and you honor the death. So they there that makes you feel not like I wouldn't buy beef that wasn't sort of kindly grown. Like I will sure. only go to butchers, I'll say, is this like a, a proper butchery where they not a slaughterhouse? Right. Because you know, I, I'm a believer in, in man has dominion over animals, but you can't be gluttonous or disgusting about it yeah you know what i'm saying yeah of course but even even that is again like it's it we don't think of that as sustainability because that's like a buzzword but it really is like using chicken using the chicken bones or like saving all this stuff the other thing that you do is put all your leftovers out and like animals come and eat it Think about you have that big. uh, Why do you think she has bears? Why do you think she has that bear that comes and knocks on her door every night? Looking for a hot meal. I bring it further back. Everything has a everything has a purpose until it's done to the very last minute. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it makes me feel better about things. In in what way? Can you elaborate on that? Well, I even think so. I thought about it more during COVID. Like I never really have spent the kind of amount of time that I spent in the Berkshires as I mm-hmm. had during COVID. So I would come on a Friday night and, you know, drink and get drunk and then get up Saturday morning and get ready and we'd do something, you know, hang around, go to the pool, cook for a dinner party, then get up and leave. So this was sort of a place to entertain and to have fun. And I didn't, and I've always loved Blue Stormer, but living here for a year, yeah. watching the seasons change. I was sitting outside one day, I'll never forget it. We were like maybe six months, seven, seven months. It was, it, we'd gone from March to through summer. And we'd all at that point thought, oh, this will be done by fall. You know I mean? I'm moving back. And then you kind of like realized, whoa. Like it started to get cold and we're like still in quarantine. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was hard for you at first, that realization. Cause I thought, I thought it would be like schools, schools open. We're going to go back yeah, to right. New York. I didn't, I remember sitting and looking out in my gardens and there were all these people, like these, and then my, my place, the world had gotten quiet. The place had gotten quiet. And I think the animals started to feel more comfortable about taking over your space a little yeah. bit more. Cause it really is their space. And I turned to my friend Greg Plato and I said, look at this. Like they are the curators of my house. They own my house. Yeah. I thought I owned my house, <laughs> but they're like, we're here when you're not here, sister. Yeah. You're the visitor. Yeah. Okay. And it made me just have such a level of respect for in nature and animals more. I've always had a, that, you know, level, but really like, we're just, like we're living with them. You know, they're not living with us. Yeah. yeah. And you, you had to kind of take that and have a realization of it. You mean to him anymore. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now that black bear like comes and basically breaks in her house. every night. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I was getting scared for I was getting scared yeah, for you for a that. second, but it was yeah, it was. Well, what about the day cool. I walked out and he was sitting in the, I have a picture of, it, I'll send it to you. He's sitting in the trash thing with his arm up staring at me. And I, I, he was so unanimated that I was like, just walking around and he's sitting there and I look at it and he's got his arm hanging out like, like the bear on a cartoon and his big black face looking at me. I was like, wait a second. That's too close. <laughs> yeah. That's a real animal in your, yeah. Wow. That's scary. Yeah, but that, that's exactly what you said. That's you're living in their world. I'm living in their world. And you know, you, you we we I think I've always been pretty good about it, but you realize we thought like to tell you the truth, I go into the woods now too and I'm like anybody could be around here because yeah. I just they're my woods. No one's in there except me. But no. Now I'm like don't go out at 6. Don't go out at this. Be careful of that. Be aware of this. I think that's a really amazing thing to come out of that experience. I think many people try and control more and more, and it sounds like you're sort of giving into it. I do give into it because, you know, at the end of the day, my mother said something really interesting one day. I was like, I can't, do you think I should do, take care of something with something in the house? And Lyft, she goes, let me tell you something during the medley. This house has been here a hundred years, 120 years. You will be dead and buried and it will still be standing 120 years from now. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Great advice. Because we constantly strive for perfection, but it's not real. Yeah. Just do your best. Yeah. No, and that's something that's something we talk a lot about on this is like no one's no one can perfectly not have any waste. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're gonna have waste. It's gonna happen, but you can still do your best. All this sort of all of this sort of kind of um striving to white on white on white on clean on white. It's like life is messy. Yeah. Yes. Floors are filled with messy stuff. I have these things don't match. You know, I've got things like it's okay. It means that I'm living in my house. We're not living in a sanatorium. Yeah. Or I like live, a museum. Yes. And I'm so over. I mean, that's why I always loved Blue Storm Manor. Blue Storm Manor was my opportunity to just splash every one of my hopes and dreams and craziness and everyone and color and, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said to me at the time, he's like, I will tell you one thing, Dorinda when I closed it and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to do this. And I go, Justin, can I do this? And what do you think about that? And he sat me down one day. He said, listen to me. We were sitting in the garden at 63rd He goes, I don't, I'm not interested in any of that stuff. Like really, I'm not, you can do whatever you want. I don't care if you paint the walls purple and pink and yellow. I just, but please don't make me look at it. Just bring me back up there when there's Jack Daniels in the bar and napkins in the bathroom and I can sit and have a drink with you outside. And I was like, really, really, do you know that man never came up here for three years? Really? I guess I actually did. Oh, you did that. the whole thing. Wait, Annie said, I I, Annie said, I don't care if you paint the walls purple, pink or yellow. And that's literally exactly what you I did. <laughs> I will love whatever you do. Yeah. As long as the bed is made, there's Jack Daniels and ice in the bar and we can sit outside and have a drink together and tea towels in the bathroom. That was one of Richard's pet peeves. He always wanted a towel in the bathroom to wipe his hands on. One time I tried to put those disposable napkins, the pretty ones, the more expensive yeah. ones. He was like, I work so hard <laughs> and you can't, I'm like, yeah, because every time you wipe it, it gets dirty and then it gets wrinkled. He's like, is that okay? Can I have a wrinkly tea napkin in my bathroom? Four times a day, you know. But by the way, that's also sustainability. Yeah. You know, I try to fool them with those more expensive. Yeah, like the thicker ones that are like nicer. (laughs) Yeah, that's so fun. That's so funny. 
Um, and he never, that man never, we shut it in 2007. He, I would say to him, I'm thinking about making that. He'd be like, oh, oh, I don't care. Do whatever you want, sweetie. And the next time he came up was the end of 2009. And he was so pleased and so happy. And then unfortunately he died in 2011. So I only got to enjoy it, enjoy it for like two years. Yeah. But he loved it. He loved the fact that I was like, you know, painting the walls, painting the ceilings. I think one of his happiest things was when he opened the closets and I'd wallpapered the inside the, of them. Inside was full. He's like, even the closet, sweetie, you are so talented. I'm like, really? <laughs> My God. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> I know, but and it's you nice. are. You are so you have Jesus Dorinda Medley, you have such great taste. I'm like, really, Richard? <laughs> Oh god! Oh, I bought that all hook line. And yeah, you I'm yeah, eating it right up like a pig and shit. You, you, you were just compliment me. I will keep on going. Yeah, yep. My god, so funny. All right, it. we have some um, advice questions. Okay, so Go I'm going to read them, and then we're going to all give advice of what we think. A lot of them are very. It's very make it nice special edition of this. Okay, okay. very tailored to you. Um, so this person writes. I want to throw a housewarming party, but I'm not sure where to start. I'm not, I'm not good at throwing parties and gatherings, but I want to be better. I've just moved into a new place and I, and have really tried um, my best to make it a warm home. And I want to show it off to my nearest and dearest. Are there some easy ways to elevate a party without spending a lot of money? For context, I live in a two bedroom apartment in New York and I would invite about 10 to 15 people. Yes. That's an easy, I get take, that question take it all away. the time because I think, I think people are very fearful about entertaining they hear the word entertaining and they're scared they think there's some sort of entertaining is just making people feel comfortable period done it's about how you approach it i think also to keep it very simple and just do two things like i always think say to people start off with something simple if you know how to make a lasagna make one lasagna a salad a beautiful thing of bread, but lay it out beautifully do it beforehand have everything laid out have wacky glasses laid out that's the great thing about the world we live in today there's so many options that are inexpensive and just the fact that you do it and you make the effort is enough entertaining is not about you know having all expensive stuff and being perfection it's about making people feel like you want them in your home yeah welcome yeah you know that 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 my entertaining i mean listen i'm old now i've done it for 100 years and i'm obsessed with it so it's a different (laughs) thing and you know, listen, I've been married, divorced, married, and buried. I got to collect a lot of China through those two husbands. Yeah, so, yeah, right? yeah. so if you want to get married and buried and married and divorced, you got to get paid. But I always entertained. Even when I lived in my fifth floor walk-up in New York, me and Nancy O'Brien and Susan McCarthy used to entertain like crazy. And it, people remember those parties to today because we would have, make sure you put on a candle put on a great soundtrack make sure you're everything's kind of done before people come and you don't look crazy and flurried do not apologize nothing is worse than when you go into a person's home and they apologize oh my god i can't believe i burned i just no everything is perfect as far as you're concerned because yeah. life is about perception right and if you seem I comfortable your guests will seem comfortable feel more comfortable exactly. correct if someone's welcoming and thrilled to have you and and you walk through the door People forget about the food and stuff. They remember the the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That um I was on FaceTime with you what, a week ago and we're and um, I 
she I call her and she answers and she's in her favorite place, Marshalls. And she's walking around and she goes, oh my God, look at these plates. And she, they're literally like plates with what? Like a skull, like a, like a Halloween-ish skull on them. Of course. And she goes, she looks at the guy and she goes, sir, I'll take every single one of these that you have. (laughs) Yeah. And the guy was like, huh? Like, and she was like, I I want all of these. Can you just put them at the front for me? And she's like, oh, every single one you have. She goes, you have more in the back, get them. And the guy's like shell shocked because he's like, what the fuck? And like, she's like, no, I'm I'm serious. Like, give me all of these. I'm buying every single one of these. Uh, He doesn't know who he's talking to. Yeah, no, he he wasn't ready for, he was getting the the Dorinda Medley fucking shakedown. But he (laughs) to you. Can I show them to you? Yes. But she. And you know what Len said to me? And you know what I mixed them with? A heron plate. Really? So it's a a $3.99 plate that I mixed with like a $100 heron salad plate. And they look fantastic really no no wait let me show you but even that hey, Leinster. god the real queen <laughs> hold on i love her to death she's the best person alive oh. she's another level hey, Len. <laughs> hi. This, this play. hi len say hi the new one hi. yeah the new one hi hold on wait till you see this you i'm guys. surprised lena let, the, so let these in your house I'm i just set the table for the weekend oh wow ready? beautiful so I got, this is my $3.99 plate, right? Which is so cool. Oh, they are really cute. Which I'm mixing with this beautiful hair and plate. Yeah, that Stunning. was like a bajillion dollars. Stunning. That's like a designer plate. But I mean, that's such a great tip is that like not every single thing needs to be the oldest thing or the most expensive thing or something you've had forever. You're mixing and matching fearlessly. Build up on things, build on things, build on things and never tell your secrets. I'm not going to tell that story to everybody. I'll just set that down. Someone will say, oh, my God, that's a beautiful place setting. And I'll say, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Not, it yeah, was $3 that's... at Marshall's and I have not, I have 99 <laughs> no. more in the back. That's the best advice. Is <laughs> we you don't can have throw to... the plate on the, against the wall whenever we're done with this and I'll be fine. You don't have to tell people where you got it or what and, you paid for it. And I think that's another thing, too, is like you even saying, like, set it up well of like I have I got for free from a Food Network show, like a, a little thing of like three Le Creuset white platters that Beautiful. were like a bigger one, a smaller one, and then a really small one. I use them every day. Like, and, and they don't have to be like, they were just happened to be like Chris because it was Food Network, but like, you know, buy a, th- a thing of a few little platters, like white, clean platters. I use them every time I entertain. Every time we have people over, we use them. I went to well, Crate you, and Barrel and got I a few like- about, You know, when I bought I, this, when I bought this house and I bought my cooking pieces, I just bought like six pieces of stout. Yeah. It was a fortune. Now that was- 2005 I still use that's the yeah. only six piece oh use. my sister and I weekly fight about what what of like my mom's crock like all the stuff like Staub and Le Creuset stuff my mom has like we're we're like at war about who's getting them so, so that's where people you know get it wrong they, they buy because I, I would guarantee that people just buy all kinds of junk they're actually spending more in the long run yeah 100% when my husband and I got married the night before our wedding we wanted to have like the most sustainable dinner possible but we didn't want to spend a lot of money and what we ended up doing was going to a couple of thrift stores and buying tons of mismatched plates and it created so much ambiance and now we have them all and we call them our wedding china which is so fun yeah that's funny Nothing. Everybody go to a flea market. It, it breaks my heart to think what they're going to do with all my China sets because I go to these flea markets in Massachusetts because these beautiful estates, people, you know, people die. Now, no one, the, the art of taking over your parents' stuff has ended. The new generation doesn't do that so much. They throw away. The amount of beautiful cu- cut glass 
and stuff that I've gotten at these flea markets for a dollar. Yeah, right. And you so know what, what if it and that was doesn't all like, match perfectly yeah. or it's, you know, that's part of the fun of it. Fun, make it's a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing too is like make something that's, I think another tip is make something that's smells really good. I was just going to say, you said like light a do, candle. Yeah. Do something because that when you walk in the room and it smells good. Even if you're making stock. The thing is too that people love too is when you have music on. When yeah. Come. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like a faint, like little jazz or like a, like just like an acoustic, like no words. Easy listening. Little easy listening playlist and just have that going. I personally like yacht rock but no exactly like literally setting the mood is like goes so 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 far it's not about the food it's about making people feel like they're loved and welcomed and that you made an effort yeah great advice um okay next question we feel good about that right oh here we go all right this she's ready to this woman's ready to tear this one up how do you get ready how do you decide when the right time to have a baby is when you're balancing a career i'm a professional that works full-time i have a husband i'm moving to a new city because of my husband's job when should i have a kid well i'm a terrible person to ask that question because i i i came from a generation where i got married and i was just like Let's have a baby. So I just, you know, I've never had to balance all that. I think that it's so funny because Hannah and I discuss this all the time because she's getting her PhD and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, I don't want to go through all this work and I don't want, and then I, I don't want to have to, after going to school for 10 years and wanting to be a professor, then get pregnant and not be able to, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? We just had this. I think I'm really, I think I, I can't personally ask it because I'm too old to understand that kind of question because I was never wanting to be a huge career person, to tell you the truth. It wasn't my thing. I was perfectly happy marrying my investment banker husband and moving to London and becoming that person. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth, so I have to yeah. admit it. Um, Hannah, I said, in Hannah's struggling with that, and I think what you have to do is you have to sort of look at the next, I said, Dana, what does your next 10 years look like? You're now 27. Do you want to have a baby at 37? Do you have a baby at 34? She goes, well, ideally I'd want to have a baby sort of mid 30s, 37. I said, well, then, it, you know, you're going to have to accept that then there are challenges. Right. I think you got to be realistic about the timeline of your life. And I said, why don't you freeze your eggs? You know, I think people, if they, they kind of have to look at, I don't know if this girl's 24, 34 at 24, you have 10 years. And if you have 10 years, and you are interested in your career and enjoying your husband and living that life, you know, you can have the time to wait because listen, once you have a baby, your life changes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is forever. It. Forever. You know, it, it changes with your husband. It changes with the, your work. It changes women that are really women can do it all, but it's very difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult. Um, so I, I don't know how old this woman is, but if she's in her thirties and she wants to wait another 10 years, I would explore, you know, freezing her eggs and giving herself some time. Yeah. yeah. I also think from some of the women in my life um, that just seeing a doctor and finding out about your fertility now would be a good step to take. And kind of like could guide, I, could guide you in theory, if there's it down so well now. And, you know, I just think I said, you know, cause she's like, I, I don't want to get married to Hunter and then have us be the topic every single time. Like when are we going yeah, to yeah. like, When are you going to get right. pregnant? Yeah. That's annoying. Well, academically and have a game plan, you know, that's it. And I just think that's, you know, women now have a lot more control over that yeah. than even when I was having a baby. You know, Ralph was like, you know, with me, I was like, I think I want to have a baby. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to work for the next 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sure. Ralph yeah. worked <laughs> day and he, it was kind of assumed he would have, I'd have the baby and I'd, 
raise the baby and he'd work in investment banking. And that was my job. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas now it's much more, and you know, it's a much more, they talk about it more and you have that privilege of, t- you know, doing the baby together. Not that Ralph wasn't a great father. He was amazing, but he was an investment banker. He left right. for work at six, came home at nine at night. Ralph wasn't changing diapers and taking her to the park. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, and I think something that you kind of hit on is when do you want to have a baby? Because that's if it. you wanted to and you were ready and Ralph was off doing his thing, then that's that was the situation. I came home from my honeymoon and I'm like, I want a baby. And you yeah. knew. And I knew, but, but also I knew too, I came from that background. And for me, Hannah was just an extension of me. So like Hannah came everywhere. I wasn't really thinking about having a jet setter life or a career life. I was like, I want to have a baby. Yeah. And, you know, kind of out that way. Yeah. And I think it shows. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, but I think that's, that's true is like literally what, what, what do you want? Like, regardless of anything, like it's never going to be, the, and also it's like never going to be the quote unquote right time. Anytime, right. as soon as we have extra time on our hands, we would get busy with something else, whether that's our friends or this or that, or we go on a vacation, we go. I really, I really hope, especially for the, for the, for the women and, and, and it, that they really do understand that, you know, it is a change and you can't, and it's hard, you can do it all, but you know, I think. For me, and maybe it's because I'm a traditionalist, I think having a baby and being able to really enjoy those first five or six years and really take that role on with is is just, I, I don't regret a minute of it. Like yeah. I spent every minute with Hannah and I loved it. Yeah. She was, uh, her time was my time. And I and, and you don't have to be that involved like I was, but it it's nice to be in a place in your life where maybe you have the time not to enjoy them 24 seven, but to be able but to be to that, slow down and like be yeah, there for the things. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. to want to be there because if your head or your heart is somewhere else, then that's not a good time. Or maybe for you. you're not the, if you're not that woman, more power to you. Make sure you can afford a good nanny. Make sure your life is set up structurally in such a way that that works, but plan it out a little bit. Yeah. You know, everybody, there's not a, there's no one way to approach motherhood. You know, people raise kids and have wonderful nannies and stuff. And, do a great job because it's not about the quantity of time. It's the quality of time. I just loved, you know, I was very, I was like a young kid with a young kid, you know? So for me, it was a little bit different and I didn't have any family living in London. So Hannah, I created my family with, with Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. That's very sweet. (laughs) That's it. No, but that's, but that, but that is interesting of, of, you know, don't have a kid and then be like off to work and not being there. Like it is worth being there for the, you know, and really enjoying them when they're a baby and having those moments with them. And that's really fun. And yeah. it's, it will not again. You know what I mean? Once yeah. it passes ever again. And you said to me once, I remember you said like, when you become a parent, like you get so much patience, like you sit there at the stove, you know, they're watching you cook dinner at the stove and you say, okay, don't, 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 don't touch that. Don't touch that. Yeah. Okay, no, don't touch that. Okay, I told you not to touch that. Okay, you really need yeah. to not touch that. Okay, don't touch it. Like, you know what I mean? And you sit there and like the baby doesn't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's like you are the parent and you, you. I remember you telling me that. You like, have to. And I mean, I, I remember one night Hannah said to me, will you, good night, we were reading like um this thing about the little, the little lady bird, this book she liked, it was in Britain, the little lady bird that goes and she said, one more time, mama. One more time. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm not <laughs> We're I'm done, with, done with this book. I'm done with it all. And she looked at me. She was like, I was like, I'm sorry. One more time. Okay. It's a little late. <laughs> right. You thought you were done. <laughs> yeah. 
because he had had those huge eyes and I looked at her. I just had had it. I wanted to go drink wine and make her go away. You know what I mean? One more time, mama. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? One more time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Next. Last question. Um, I'm hosting my in-laws at my home for the first time. We just moved into a new house, not close to where they live. And I want to show them that they are always welcome in our home. They are older and are pretty set in their ways. So we are constantly finding ourselves still being the children in the relationship. How can we show them that we've got this and they can just relax and be a guest? Well, part of being a parent and coming to visit your kids is you always want to be the parent. Yeah. So you're always going to be in that person's relationship. I mean, my, for God's sakes, my mother's like 85 and I'm almost 60. I'm 56 and I go over and my mother's like, sit down and have a bologna sandwich. I'm like, <laughs> I don't eat. I'm like, well, you do today. You know what I mean? You're yeah. always, yeah. always that never changes. But yeah. I think the thing that what's nice to do, because I remember when my mom and dad came over to visit London, it's to show them like, it's more than that you're not a grown up, but that they're proud of you and they did a good job. It's, you know, just do something that, takes care of them like I got them Broadway tickets and I had their their beautiful beds made and when they woke up in the morning I had my dad's coffee already made and you know the kind of he liked that half and half and I just sort of like had little cozy things like little hotelish like hotelish things it was I, I showed him I knew how to run a home yeah yeah I now have a home because of you people I know how to run a home I always think it's nice to do something that your mom or dad does for you for them. Like my mom always makes a a soup and I know how to make it because she taught me. So when she comes over to make it for her or something like that. I I absolutely, you know, like put flowers by their bed and make sure there's toothpaste in their cabinets. Like be that grown up. Yeah, like run a little hotel. Like, you know what I mean? Like have a little hotel. Because I went to Hannah's uh, after she moved in this last move and Hannah just got over. You know, I think, she, you know, the kids grow up a lot slower now and Hannah just kind of really is adulting now more so than ever mm-hmm. now with Hunter because Hunter, they kind of have that life now where they're a proper couple and they're moving to the next phase. Wow. So they're both trying, they're both nesting a bit. And when Hannah moved into this apartment, I went over and she opened, I she opened up the cupboards and she had a full thing of glasses and, you know, things. And I'm like, a real person. And, you know, like she had a proper medicine cabinet as it's like some Anya Heimarsh bag that looked like it'd been through hell and back again. That was everything was spilt. And like, I was like, wow, you like have a little home now. And it's nice to see when you're like, know how to run a home in adults. And that's what I think that you should show is that I got this. The house should be neat. It should be tidy. The refrigerator should be filled. There should be water and milk. There should be toothpaste. There should be toilet paper. The bed should have the proper bedding. You're an adult. You know how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think of like you, you know, your parents show up and like your place is a shithole. It's like, (laughs) then then it's like, like they're like, oh God, you're still in college. You know what I mean? It's very like. Want your mother to do a you think that she's coming, it's coming into your house like I used to do with Hannah and spend the first hour cleaning it. Yeah, I think, right. What is wrong with you, Hannah? You, right. got, you know what I mean? She's like, I don't care. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, well, that's a problem. Right. When, when my parents come over, I never let them do any dishes. That's, you know. No. I, I want them to feel like they're being entertained. They are, you know, of course they're my parents, but they are guests in my home. You're an adult because that because that's bigger than your house. That represents the life you're leading. It's bigger. It means that you've got, you're running your life orderly. And that's all we want as parents is that our children are running their lives orderly. That you, you know, they're, they're not a mess. They're not dirty. It's not messy because that's an extension of where their mind is and what their life is like. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Also, like you said, you know, having your dad's coffee in the morning, you know these people. So what are a few of their favorite things? Can you have them in the house? Can you be ready for them? You know, what's their snack or their show? Or Dad always like to have those little small chocolates, like the bite-sized mm-hmm. ones. So I always have, like, to this day, I have three huge glass jars that are always filled with candy kisses and things that he can come in and talk to me and grab a thing of candy kisses or a handful of m M&M. and And it always makes me happy when he does it. I'm yeah. like, Uh, yeah just making them feel comfortable when my mom comes here she literally i could we could clean the apartment for a full week and she would still find some dirty thing somewhere and then she goes when she's on her way she goes she brings her own toilet paper because apparently mine isn't good enough which mine is great i buy expensive toilet paper (laughs) and she brings bottled water wow and she also isn't she isn't that so rude and then she also (laughs) she calls and she'll go i got my white glove on like she's ready to like find whatever dirt yeah she's cleaner yeah oh no she's beyond like she regardless i I could be this could be bleach we could bleach the whole house down and she would be like still like it would it's not clean enough what that's love i know but still she but she's so funny but she always goes i got my white glove and son's always like oh no your mom's never gonna think this is clean enough i go don't even worry it's she's never gonna believe it's clean there's nothing you could ever do to make her think that it's clean enough well so that's the last part of it i think is just relax right yeah (laughs) relax Exactly. You know, all most things in life that we get so up, uptight about from dating to entertaining to even sex to whatever, if we just relax and we are just sort of peaceful about it and loving about it and open about it and trusting about it, it's usually not as difficult as you think. Yeah. You know, you, you've won when the person shows up. Aww. Yeah, true. You know? You've won when the goes up. Yeah, that's really true. Um, Okay, speed round of questions, and then we're done. Okay, Okay. this is like fire, like you know, first off the top of your head, off the top of your head. Okay. Um, What is one of the things that you've owned for the longest? Well, my my wedding dress to Ralph. What's something you use often that you wish you wish was made with better quality? Um, probably what's something I use often that I wish was made with better quality pads, nylon pads. I wish they lasted longer. I'm constantly buying nylon pads because I despise putting my foot in a shoe without a pads on. Got it. Um, what's one (laughs) modern convenience that you cannot live without? What's one modern convenience that I cannot live without? Um, well, internet. Good answer. What do you find yourself always spending money on? What do you find yourself always spending? I can never resist a good sequence. And I just don't need any more. I just bought two more today. And I don't know why. At the town Florida outlet. The woman <laughs> called me up. And guess what? The, the pink legging and the brown sequence legging have gone on sale. I was like, just send it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's a Listen. That and if you see this woman at a Marshalls, you'll never. If you TJ Maxx, if you one time, really quickly, I need to tell the story. Okay. One time, Dorinda texts me and she goes, "Call Hannah." And I go, "All right. Well, I don't usually have to call. You know, like that's I wonder what happened. Like, is she okay?" I call (laughs) Hannah. I go, "Your mom said to call you." She goes, "I'm in TJ Maxx. We're in Marshalls right now, and I see this woman pulling three different shopping carts like roped together." 
full of stuff. Legend. Pulling them like a train. And I say, who the fuck is that crazy person? Oh, wait, that's my mother. Legend. Hannah said, Hannah went to the manager when I, because in September, all the uh, the Halloween stuff came out. And of course, I'm like, yeah. this is always good stuff. So Hannah goes, uh, Mark, do me a favor. I'm going to bring a poster. I want you to post it on the outside of Marshall's and say, do not allow this woman to come in. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like a wanted sign. Yeah. No, like literally like a do not, like a do not enter. Like no, like turn back. I just believe in an abundance of decorations. Yes. Yeah. It's well, almost that time. But you have the time to have, where do you think, why do you think she has those plates? Oh, she's yeah, already course, on it. But course. we're, we're past, like she's already, it's, she's already, the oh, season's I'm, over for her. Labor Day's happened. For Halloween. You don't even know some of the shit I got for Halloween this year. That's, oh, yeah. Some of, this, it's been I'm bought sorry. and sold by, she's, she's packing already. We, we went to go film. This was what last, this was season 12. We went to, we went up there and it was in like, no, it wasn't even n- near Christmas at all. And we, we went there and like, that was the last day. And Dorita looks at me and she had put like a golden tinselly, like, like gold, the most Christmassy golden Christmas tree, just full of ornaments in the one room. And she just looked at me and she goes, no one even said anything about my Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> September. I know it was in September and she was like she's like I was like oh this is a great tree and she goes no, that was my bad season when no one acknowledged me for anything yeah well they <laughs> they didn't they definitely didn't acknowledge your Christmas tree um okay what no. is your least two more questions then we're done what is your least most least sustainable habit ziploc bags what is your most I love a ziploc bag I just yeah. I love a Ziploc bag. I just think they're the most, I use them to pack with. I use them to freeze in. I use them. I don't even use Tupperware. I put five leftover peas that goes with Ziploc bags. They just, I put my beauty products in Ziploc bags. Basically when I go on a holiday, it's one, ask Hannah, it's hundreds of Ziploc bags. Just full of stuff. Well, it's easy. Ziploc bag, your, pay, your your makeup. Ziploc bag, your beauty products. Ziploc bag, your bathing suits. Lick Ziploc bag a gallon. Put a, put a silk shirt in a big one. Yeah. It'll never wrinkle. Yeah. And it's like, it, just, it makes you look cheap. I'm <laughs> like, oh. When, when, when Len gets done packing my bag and I walk in and see all the Ziploc bags, I'm like, I've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> What is your most sustainable habit? The way I cook and eat. I do not waste food. Everything gets used down to the bitter end, down to the point where even today, I'll tell you what I did say. We came back, we were away for a week, and there was all this old Parmesan cheese. I just stuck it in a pot and pour three, put three cans of tomato sauce over it, and I'm just going to boil it all night and just let it all melt in there. Yeah, that perfect. Just don't throw away stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. what my, my mom <laughs> taught me that, too, is like any rind from a cheese, just throw that right in your sauce. Absolutely. Yeah. We do not waste in this house. I think it's a sin. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Here we go. I don't over order in restaurants. It makes me nervous when people over order food in restaurants. When I moved back to America, and that's a big thing Americans do, they over order food or they, I remember when I first started going, someone took me to a place called Charlie's Cheesecake or something. Cheesecake Factory. Oh yeah. Charlie's Cheesecake. (laughs) This this plate of food showed up. I was horrified. Yeah. It was enough food for 25 people. Yeah. I'm like, who eats this much food? What a waste. Well, you heard it here well, first. Yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah, Cheesecake Factory. 
the portions are too big. Charlie's it's cheesecake. It's a total waste. Charlie's, that's fucking hilarious. Charlie's cheesecake. All right, well, we did it. Thank you, Dorinda, for being Thank with you. us. Thank you so Happy much. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And I can't wait to see you up here. I know. I'll be there nice soon, hopefully. You. Nice meeting you. Lovely meeting you. Good luck with the show. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, so the last segment in our little show here. Um, I have been on Instagram for a long time. I see so many sustainable products. Do you unquote, know when you joined Instagram? Remember I was, since? I was still in college. 2012 was my year. Yeah, I feel like I that would have been me, or maybe 2011. Oh, all right. Okay, so like we've put in We've been on Instagram, decade. yeah, for a while. Right. And for that amount of time, there has been so many ads. Ever since ads started, there have been so many ads that are like, here's a sustainable product, and yes. here's this thing that's going to be, that you see, you've seen toothpaste, yes. you've seen toilet paper, you've seen things that, cooking things, or like the final, right. the only pan you're ever going to need ever again. Exactly. Or all these things that are supposed to be so much better for you, and and all these things have a promise of being something that you're never going to need to buy another of when you buy this one. Right. And so I think what we wanted to do here was test these out in real time. I'm a good, I'm a consumer. Right. You love to shop. I love to shop. You love to shop. I love to sell. I used to sell clothing. Right. Commission based. So I'm a good salesman. Right. And so nothing, and listen, nothing gets past me. Okay. As far as like product wise. I'm super into sustainability. So I'm almost, it's like a combination of I'm almost guaranteed to buy this or I'm not buying anything. So don't even try and sell me something. And so I feel like I get suckered into a lot of these sustainable products because I'm looking for something and I end up inherently buying the more sustainable alternative or the greenwash alternative. And what I think we should do is suss out what's actually a better alternative, not just it really works, but it's actually sustainable or not. Define greenwash. Greenwash is when someone markets something as sustainable, but it's actually not. Copy. It's like brainwashing, but for green no, stuff. No, I get it. Like, it's like, oh, this is like, a, like they put little trees on everything. So then you think it's like really cute, but exactly. that's not the point of it. Exactly. Got it. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to try these out on the air and then we're going to say what we think. I'm excited. And then we're going to just, yeah, right? Yeah. So the first one we have here is a Georganics mouthwash tablets. Natural mouth and breath freshener with sodium bicarbonate and menthol. English peppermint. Well, that's good because I just drank a whole cup of coffee. Sorry about it. Yeah, I need this too. English peppermint, 180 tablets. It boasts organic ingredients. So what I'm loving about it is that the box that it comes in is all paper, cardboard, like cardstock. And the bottle that the actual tablets are in is a glass bottle with a metal lid. So from a sustainability perspective and a paper label, right? So from a sustainability perspective, this seems highly recyclable, reusable. And the bottle itself is really cute. So if you can't get a refill of these, you could probably reuse this 
Yeah, it's cute. A lot of times. Yeah, you could do like something cute in there. Like spices or like. Yeah, little, or yeah. like something like a loose tea or so. Yeah, it's definitely right. like a bottle that like is cute and like looks like nice. Or like a little flower arrangement on your table. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, I have like bits, bips and bobs of something and I want to put it in. Instead of just going in a junk drawer, you could put it in there. I also like these for like salad dressing on the go, things like that. Okay, now we, I originally thought this was toothpaste, but it is mouthwash. Yeah, I just noticed that as yeah, well. Yeah, so we're I was going to brush my teeth, but now. We're not. We're Because gonna... I looked at the direction. And it's see misleading. So, so there's a there's a strike for you. It's actually not. It is like pretty clearly labeled. It's pre- clearly labeled. I think this company tablets. also makes a like a toothpaste tablet, and that's why I thought this okay, was well, toothpaste. Regardless, we're gonna do it. So it's the directions are dissolve one tablet in ten milliliters of water, gargle it, and then spit it out after thirty seconds. Okay, let's gargle try. it for thirty seconds. I mean, thirty seconds is a long gargling time. Um, it says, okay, so about G Organics, we are an English manufacturer, English manufacturer um, of natural and eco-friendly oral care products committed to the highest quality ingredients. Compostable packaging made in Britain, refillable dispenser. So it is refillable. Right. This is refillable. Not everywhere you're going to purchase these is going to have the refills, but you might be able to have them refilled. Um, and then vegan and cruelty free, fluoride free, glycerin and SLS free. I don't know what that is, but okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, I mean, should we do like a breath test first? Like, no, ew. Like smell <laughs> each other's breath? Yeah. You're a sick fuck. I'm not a sick fuck. I want to make sure. You don't want to smell my breath. That it is markedly improved after we use it. Okay. Smell your own breath. Like, like oh, I can smell my own breath. Oh, I, I can. It's like coffee time. Okay. I can. I have like major coffee breath right now. Okay. So we need to dissolve this in a little bit of water. Okay. Um, hold that thought. Okay. They smell very pepperminty. In like a great way. Oh my god, a little cute shot glass. That's so cute. Yeah, it definitely smells very like I'm, it smells like mouthwash. I mean, and like, even just opening it, it smells good. It smells fresh. Yeah, like, almost like an Altoid. Yes, mint like an Altoid. Okay. Wow, that was like ASMR. <laughs> okay, so ready? Okay, let's I'm gonna bop our little. Got my little cup of water, and I'm just gonna plop that in there. I mean, for me, so far, the first problem is that I have no idea how much 10 milliliters is. I feel like you did a good job making it be a um, shot glass. That's like something. Right. And it is already effervescing. I can see that happening. And I'm pumped about it. It's like a little mini Alka-Seltzer, like a little airborne, you know, like airborne or like this little like yes. emergency tablets. Like that's what it's it's it looks like. It's but giving it's teeny me- tiny, but it looks like it's like an aspirin or like a... Zyrtec. I thought Alka-Seltzer really was some exactly this names. shout. Um, it's taking its sweet time dissolving. I wonder if like crushing it up would like. No, things are happening. Mine is like, mine's like, go, mine's like. Well, yeah. And the water seems to be getting like, it's not cloudy, but it, it seems to it's be. It's not just water. Right. Oh, she's almost done. People are like going to be like, what the fuck are these two people doing? Like they're going to be like, they're just, <laughs> they're just narrating like, something dissolving in water. <laughs> real time watching their mouth wash. Like dissolve. this is fucking two losers being idiots. Okay. So mine's like done. Yeah. Mine's almost done. Okay. So that was like one minute since I started. So like a minute and a minute and 20 seconds, maybe a minute 30. Okay. So my first recommendation is if you're going to do this after you... Like you brush should do this teeth. before you, you brush your like teeth. Set it and then, up yeah. and then mouthwash after. Yeah. Right. And if you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this in a rush, don't. Okay, so that wasn't bad. 
No, mine's like pretty much. Just okay, like, are we just doing this and then spitting it in these bowls? Um, I'm actually. Um, yeah, yeah, that is pretty much what we're gonna do. But because we need it, people need to hear us gargle things, right? If but they're gonna do anything, we, they need to hear us. This is for your spit take. They need my okay. And then you're also gonna time us, right? Fuck yeah. Okay, good. Okay. okay. So, because we're gonna gargle for thirty seconds. I don't know if I can do that. I think you can swish and gargle. You know what I mean? We're gonna find out. Okay, here we go. Okay, so. so Timers okay, set wait, for 30 okay, seconds. Okay. Am I, do I have to do the cheers. all of this? Okay, cheers. Okay. My mouth feels... Really fresh. And like the coffee taste is distinctly gone. My um I think I had too much water. Okay. I think that wasn't 10 milliliters. It does it does feel fresh. However, okay. If this is to replace like a a like a Listerine. A Listerine or like a a mouthwash that we use to like kill bacteria i don't know how much i feel that this is doing that um from a scientific perspective i'm not qualified to answer but from a user perspective i feel like i could confidently use this product and feel like my breath is fresher my breath is fresher however i don't know that's what i'm saying i'm hung up on like after you use like a, a mouthwash that's like one that we get in a in a bottle right. that's blue or like another color. Sure. That I feel like I'm like, I feel like something has been cleaned in my mouth, whereas this is more of like a. Something has been freshened in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not a power washing of the, of the gums and teeth. So for what it claims to do, I'm giving it like a 100. But to replace your like antiseptic mouthwash, yeah, it's a it's a negative. It's a no for, for me. me. Dog. It's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I guess it's like I guess it's yeah. It it is exactly that. It's it's doing something. It does serve its purpose. However, it's not replacing something I already have. Right. 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 I see what you're saying. This is like a mint esque kind of a thing. Right. It feels almost more like a breath mint. Yeah. And I feel good about. And it feels good. It's n- absolutely not like. You know, whenever you're done, like really swishing it around and then you're like, you spit it out and you're like, wow, my, my teeth feel different. And like, I feel like I just took a shower, but in my mouth, like that's not what this feels like at all. But to me, having just had a cup of coffee, I feel like this has alleviated the coffee breath situation. But I could have taken a mint and it could have done the same. I don't know. I feel like mints sometimes make my breath like feel really sour. Okay. And then this is like actually like noticeably fresher because I don't just feel it like on my tongue. I feel it like in my whole mouth. Yeah, that's true. I liked it. I liked it as well. I don't think I was automatically putting this up against like a Listerine and I don't think that it com- it, it rises to the occasion of that. You said it was $14. I do believe that was the retail price. I think that's a good price for 180 tablets. Yeah, I mean, it's less than what, 10 cents a tablet? And the other thing of this is that this does not take up a lot of shelf space in your cabinet, in your bathroom. Yeah, this is definitely a product where I feel like 
your Listerine is going to take up a lot more space than this. Yeah, like I have to put mine like on the counter or like underneath my sink because it doesn't fit in my little like medicine cabinet because it's so big. Oh, so now maybe we think this is good for on the go. This is good for on the go. A hundred percent for good for on the go. We yeah. could be anywhere and do this. We could be anywhere. We could literally be in a pub- in, in the in airport, yeah. in the airport. Yeah, exactly. Like you could be, this could be in your bag, like in your purse, in your bag, like yeah. in your backpack, like no matter what and yeah. feel like a fresh little breath situation. Yeah. And it's not super heavy either. No, not at all. But again, it's not, I'm not waking up in the morning and doing this like no. to, to like kill gingivitis in my gums. Right. We think this is like a four emergencies. Better than a mint. Better than a mint. Have to like have yeah. a close Got talk a hot with date, but you just ate like a, 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 a an oniony, garlicky, disgusting, garlicky, everything that yeah. I love. Yeah. Like bagel. Yes. With like butter and like garlic, roasted garlic on top of it. And then you are going to go make out with someone. That's, this is where you're at right here. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a place for this. There's absolutely a place for this. It's not in your, it's not, it's not in your medicine cabinet. Yeah. Right. No, but it could, that's the thing is that like, it is much smaller. So it is actually really good for rather than, even if it's just like mouthwash, mouthwash, that's just like standard. Like I want my breath to be fresh, not anti-cavity mouthwash. Like just standard mouthwash. It's much better because it's such smaller. And then you're, you're taking the water out of the equation. Right. And the waste because the packaging is much smaller and much better. And you can use this as something like this is so cute. Imagine so, having a bunch of these and you can have it like, like you said, spices or like, I don't know, anything. Right. Or like you're like gifting your little Like holiday. people buy yeah. little things. Jars like, like this. Like people buy like a 10 pack of this to right. like put stuff in. So like you could just accumulate those. Right. And this goes right along with what I call the gift with purchase philosophy of when you buy something, what is the gift with purchase that you're getting? Is it a container? Is it? information what what are you getting and this little jar certainly qualifies as a gift with purchase yeah all right so not completely i it's somewhat approved i i actually think it is like as mouthwash 100 percent approved as medicinal mouthwash no not at all yeah but i don't think but also too not for nothing it's not natural mouth and breath freshener it really isn't it's like not claiming claiming be- that it's going to be like a like Three, crest 3D white. Like. No, no, no. And I don't think that this is like greenwashing in any way. I feel like the packaging is exactly what it says it's going to be. The product did what it said it would do. It's cute. It was affordable. I liked it. All right. We approve it. This is, is sustainable. sustainable. Well, that's our first episode. I can't believe we made it all the way through. That was so fun and so easy. It was so easy, right? Yes. Not hard like- at all. <laughs> I'm so glad we're doing this. We're going to have so much fun. And this is just the beginning. I feel like I've already learned so much and I love trying this product. If you have questions for us or other suggestions for products for us to review, how should people find us, Chris? You can send us an email at notsustainablepodcast at gmail.com. Or, or you can comment your suggestions on any of our latest posts on at this is not sustainable pod on Instagram or at this is not sustainable on TikTok. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for subscribing. And we can't wait to do this again. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer or a product you'd like us to review? Send us an email at notsustainablepodcast at gmail.com. Or leave us a comment or send us a DM at this is not sustainable on TikTok or this is not sustainable pod on Instagram. 
This podcast is produced by me, Zero Waste Daniel. And me, Chris DeRosa. Artwork was done by me. Editing was done by me. And if you couldn't tell, we literally did this all on our own. Special thanks to Mario and Hassan for allowing us to turn our living rooms into recording studios. And thank you to all of our guests for their unfiltered honesty as it pertains to sustainability. Until next time. 